Pittsburgh, the Steel City. Beautiful day as we get ready for Winthrop and Duquesne. Blue skies. If you want to freeze your rear well, you, I, I was burying the lead here. It's bleeping cold out. <laughs> it's cold. Pittsburgh tends to be cold. It tends to be cold this time of the year. But uh, no, it's a beautiful sun-splashed afternoon. Or, well, it's going to be afternoon uh, eventually. <laughs> it's, it's about uh, 20 minutes from That's noon. your prediction? That's my prediction. Eventually, eventually it's going to be afternoon. It will be afternoon. Right now, currently, it's uh, That's why 11.38 you in, the in the morning as we record this. Yes. Like that. The hot sun takes. will rise. The sun will come out tomorrow. I predict that uh, there will be uh, the, the groundhog will be there. and Yeah. We're so this is a two-parter. We're, we're recording to start with before Winthrop and Duquesne, and then we'll pick it up in the airport yeah. headed home. That will wrap up the As long as we're not like, uh, uh, not like the old Avis commercial or running through the commercial, uh, running through the airport. Right. Well, O.J. Simpson won't be there, I don't <laughs> no, guess. I don't geez. think he's looking for the killer in the Pittsburgh airport. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, and, and assuming we don't get shaken down, because that right. could take some right. time. Right, that could take some time, too. But I didn't see any uh, Mexican National Guardsmen at the airport. Is so that I a don't good think, thing? yeah, I think so. I don't think we'll be uh, shaken down for equipment and other. So in the second things. part of the podcast, I think we'll talk about the non-conference season right. and a lot of the things we've done with yeah. Winthrop, some sure. of the the fun activities we've taken part in, uh, in and around the Winthrop games. But in the first part of the podcast, I wanted to talk about just an incredible weekend of sports. We were in yeah. Baton Rouge for Winthrop and LSU, which was really quite a good game. And we did some really fun things while we were there. But while we were there, right before our game began, while we were driving oh over, yeah. we were watching on TV and then listening on the radio. Well, and that game should have been over. Laptop. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the Minnesota comeback against Indianapolis in the NFL. And who knew that that was going to lead to a weekend? We saw the crazy end of that Buffalo-Miami Miami game. game yeah. Then early in the day on Sunday, the World Cup final oh my gosh. was incredible. Yeah. Then there were, I don't know, it seemed like half of the early NFL games went down to the final possession, couple overtime games. And then... That wacky end of the New England game? Well, that was going to yeah. say, I mean... Let's start with that. That is your team, the I, Patriots. I don't want to start with that. The Patriots have gotten all sorts of amazing breaks yeah. over the years. They've been a, a great franchise. Is this sort of some comeuppance, so to speak? I mean, th that never yeah. happens yeah. to the Patriots. Well, I, I, I explained it like this, and, and I said this to Sam. I said this to my wife on, um, on Sunday night after the game. I said, you know what? What we're witnessing now, the last year and a half, last two years, it, it's the hangover for a party that lasted about twenty years. Yeah, um, and and everybody goes through it. You know, it's funny. It's it's you know, you look at it like this with when things go really well for a sports team. Um, certainly, the economy, other other things. Good times don't last, and this is. I mean, yeah, this is. And I remember a time. This is what's. This is what's crazy. I mean, there, there's a generation of kids that grew up in New England that don't know anything other than. The, the Patriots being excellent, uh, the, the Celtics and Bruins at times being really good. The Red Sox, obviously, um, Red Sox have kind of fallen on hard times the last couple of years. But the one constant was was the Patriots. And you know, is it is it Tom Brady? Is it Bill Belichick? I th I think the the true answer is, and, and you could probably give a nod to either one. I think the answer was just the, the the symmetry and the chemistry of the two of them and what they were able to foster together. And, of course, you know, early on they had great defenses. It wasn't like Tom Brady was slinging, you know, 500 yards a game. Um, that was kind of later as, as he as he got better. But you're right. This is totally um, – this is – you know what happened? This is – it's the end of the night. 
and uh, New England fans just got a huge bill, and they're paying it right now. Yeah, and I mean, it was... It's like getting a bill for like $20,000, and you're like, what? It feels like what's happened with the Patriots in the last year or so, and they're... But it happens to everybody. It's not like... True, and they're they're by no means a bad franchise. They're kind of an average, middling team right now, but like, those were the exact things, like boneheaded plays that happened to their opponents. Right. Well, like the butt fumble and the, the... you know the Sanchez thing, I, I yeah I don't think that was something that you saw in like the the Ron Meyer era or like the Fairbanks or like the, the going way back. Coach Mack, um, yeah, Coach Mack. I mean, there was some. I remember being at a game. I think it was ninety two. No, it was ninety one. It was the end of the um, or nineteen ninety. And and you know metal bleachers at old Foxborough Stadium and people had bags over their heads. <laughs> yeah, you that know? was a long. time I mean, that was ago. a long time ago. And um, you know there there was a lot of optimism. Uh, I remember uh, my friends and I. We had a, an, an in in the Patriots ticket office, and we got we got on the we got we got on the list when Bill uh, Parcells was hired. And uh, you know the waiting list was was extensive. I mean, for years there, and it probably I think it still is. But you know, every you know ask uh, ask Caesar. You know, I mean, every every empire has its day, <laughs> and uh, the New England, unfortunately, uh, you know, the check has come due. So. The World Cup final at least for now. was played on Sunday morning in America, and it was scintillating. And you don't have to be a soccer fan to appreciate Mbappe and Argentina and Messi, and it's a 2 nothing lead, and you assume that the game is over yeah. because in a soccer match, if it's 2 nothing, the game is over. Yeah. And we yeah. saw multiple times in right. this World Cup that that was not the case, and the goals in extra time, and then the kicks. It was everything you could possibly mm. ask for. It was, it was amazing. Well, you had the you know the final. I don't know. I guess it was from the one ten to about the one twenty eight mark. Um, you know, with overtime and and you know, the goal to tie it at two two was you know messy and you know crazy. And then the shootouts. It was, um, I would say had as much drama as I, I can remember in any event. I mean, it I was, hate it was the up shootout. I, I I'm very. Uh, strong on that but in soccer you could go like four days and you should yeah just like they do in the (laughs) hockey playoffs but but that being said a cricket would be the was tremendous every single part of it it's two nothing argentina and the game's over and france refuses to die but they wait and Mm -hmm. they wait and they wait finally they get the penalty to make it two one and then they get the equalizer just a minute or so later and then you're thinking, boy, Argentina, they're on their back right, heels. Right. Yeah, and they Messi get one that, in yeah. overtime, and it seems like it's over again, and France gets the tie. And, the, I mean, it was you it was kind of so see that the, good. You could see the tying goal in overtime coming, too. I thought the World Cup as a whole was absolutely tremendous. And I, I, I would not pretend to be a soccer aficionado. I essentially watch every four years. I'm very concerned when they add the extra teams next time around. The format is is not going to be nearly as good. I love the way there are the groups of four and two yeah. teams advance, and that makes every game so meaningful. But I think as an event, it is just fantastic. It's just, it's great excitement and drama, whether you are an aficionado and you you watch every match and you know every player, or if you're just a general fan. And I think the big difference is, you know, obviously some people would compare it, uh, the World Cup, 
to like the Super Bowl, for instance. And you know, the Super Bowl is is very much regional or even you know city based in the United States. You know, this is the whole entire world. And uh, you know, I don't know if you saw any of the the footage from the. I mean, they had the helicopter Messi out of the parade because the, the the they couldn't get to the buses. I mean, but, it, I mean, and and I think I have just a slight little um, insight into Argentina because I went to the Olympics in Brazil yeah. and after Brazilians, probably the second most represented country was the Argentine. And we went to a very late night, like a 10 or a 10.30 p.m. basketball game between Argentina and Lithuania. Mm. And it was all Argentine yeah. fans and they had been throwing them back pretty right, good yeah, during yeah. the day and they were loud and they were rowdy and they were they are moved i think rather easily they're a very passionate, passionate sure. group of people and my wife leaned over to an argentine guy during the game and said you guys keep uh chanting and singing this same song w what are the words and he he's kind of like thinking about how to put it in uh, English yeah. and he goes well it's something like we are Argentina we are the best we have big eggs and he goes <laughs> no no not eggs and <laughs> big eggs. the eggs <laughs> oh gotcha 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 yeah yeah stones Right. <laughs> and like, that's who they right, are right. as a yeah. people. They just, yeah. they wear their emotions on their sleeve. The judges they, would have accepted cojones. That's correct. And they're just, I, I love them. I mean, we, we left Brazil and I said, I think our next vacation has to be to Argentina. Yeah. I had never once considered right. going yeah. to Argentina, but like the people. Maybe do are, an MTE there. Yes. And yeah, I love that. An MT in Argentina. We'll get, we'll get Tony Rack on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 it was awesome. And they have such a great soccer history with Maradona. Oh, yeah, Maradona. And they had gone course, a long yeah. time without winning one. Yeah, like 86, I think. Right. Yeah. And it was awesome. And, and to see an athlete in his last chance. Yeah. That was very it, compelling. Yeah. I, was... It was the whole thing was awesome. It was it was great. I don't know if it'll be like that in four years in America because they're going to be more teams, which means more teams will move on. Yeah. They're going to be weaker teams in the bracket because when you expand, there sure, are weaker sure. teams. And there'll be some crazy upset. There'll be some crazy upset. And for at least the first couple of weeks, we'll talk about America, which doesn't have an actual chance right. of winning. And it's just kind of a storyline for us here because we have to have someone to cheer for when, in fact, the best stories are around the world. I mean, the right. Morocco story was absolutely fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Croatia. I, I thought Croatia was uh, a terrific story as well. Croatia, who had been to the final yeah. last time. And yeah. I'm not sure the general fan well, no, the general fan, I mean, and I would put myself probably in that category more so than anything else, maybe even b behind the, the general, uh, but Croatia, I mean, really? Wow, I, it, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Even though, I mean, even though, you know, the recent history, but... I, I, I thought it was You great. think of that as being like St. Mary's or, or St. Peter's, you know? 100%. You know? It, it feels like, like an oddball. You're expecting right. those same countries that you, you know, Brazil and England and the, those great soccer playing well, you know what would be interesting if, if Portugal if football France if, if football and, and American football and basketball weren't as prevalent in the United States and all our best athletes were playing soccer it'd be interesting to see I've always thought that I, I I've been talking to my friends since high school about if 
Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan or LeBron James grew up playing yeah. soccer, how dominant how and would incredible be, yeah. would they be? And I think the answer is they would be pretty dominant and pretty incredible. But it's still awesome to see smaller. Now, would Larry Bird be hitting like goals from like mid midfield? <laughs> Don't know if Larry Bird. No, had I'm the kidding. Foot I was speed. making a joke. Yeah, no, it was a, a joke. Wasn't? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So. Before we end, well, we walked by a comedy club last night, so well, it didn't look open. It was not uh, open. But, but before we wrap up this first portion, yes, yeah, because we'll the get podcast, to the, the frivolity and the craziness later. Back to the NFL for a minute. There are six NFL teams getting any support in Vegas to win the yeah. Super Bowl. Buffalo is the favorite. Philadelphia, Kansas City, those teams are mm-hmm. all 5-1 to one or under. The 49ers are about 7-1. to one. Cincinnati is about 15-2. Uh, to two. And The Cowboys are about 10-11-1. to one. Everyone else is more than 21. How certain are you that one of those six teams is going to win the Super Bowl? I would probably, uh, and you know I'm not a betting person, but if, if we were to say, hey, you got to put a wager on something, I would put my money on those six. Okay. If you had those six... It would. I'm guessing you would have to lay you know, minus 400 or something like that. Meaning you're probably going to get three to one or four yeah, to one yeah, that it's yeah. not one of those teams. Right. I understand why those teams are all supported. I think they're all good or very good. Well, if we're gambling, the better play is to take one or the other. Well, I think that Baltimore, right. Miami, the Chargers, Minnesota. I, I, I think those teams are. Possible. Minnesota would be if you're going to take one of those outside of the six. I I would probably pick Minnesota. I'd take Baltimore because when Lamar Jackson yeah. comes back, yeah, I think they're as good true. as anybody yeah. in the AFC. That being said, I like the idea of picking someone in the NFC because I think it's much softer. Sure. The the, a, the seven seed in the AFC playoffs might be the Chargers. Yeah. When Justin Herbert is healthy, yeah. the Chargers are really good. really good. Each of the first-round AFC playoff games is going to be tremendous, and it's mm. going to be a huge advantage, likely for Buffalo, yeah. to have a bye. Meanwhile, in the NFC, you either need to really believe in Philadelphia, which right. is legit, maybe legit, you do, yeah. or you have to believe in the 49ers and a quarterback who started exactly two <laughs> games. My God. Or it's like Wally Pip. Dallas, who blew a big lead yeah. against Jacksonville this most recent weekend. And that's okay. Teams are going to blow yeah. a game here or there. I that don't happens. know that anyone is that excited to back a Mike McCarthy team, but they're, they're a really <sighs> talented team in general. It seems to me if there's a big upset, if there's a flyer, yeah. it comes in the NFC. The question is, who? I mean, can you at this point, having watched Tampa Bay play all Ooh, season, no. close your eyes and imagine them figuring it out? No, I, I, I think, I mean, can they? Yes. And they, at times they've shown the, you know, the first half that, you know, they look terrific. And then the second half, I think that game was actually probably a good encapsulation of their season. What about Detroit? They're playing tremendous football. Do you have belief their... in them? I think they're one of those teams where you're going to be like, wow, next year they're going to be really good. I don't think they play enough defense. Yeah. I mean, and and let's wrap up this portion of the podcast with the team that you follow the closest, the Panthers. They're some unbelievable number to win the Super Bowl because they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they're somehow still alive. They're still alive. And, you know, I think it speaks to um, the leadership ability of Steve Wilkes. I mean, there's, you know, we talked about on the, um, I wasn't on the show this week because obviously we were traveling, but, um, you know, the week before, um, after they'd won a couple of games back to back, you know, there was a lot of sentiment, at least in our studio. And I know in the fan base, like 
Steve Wilkes is a pretty good coach. I mean, this team, if I told you all the obstacles that they've had to overcome with, you know, McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, uh, Rule getting fired, um, and said that they still had a chance to be in the hunt late in the in December, and um, up until uh, before the loss last week, I mean, I think he was four and four. In well, the I think eight. they still control their own destiny. Um, well, I mean, they th- yes, because they have a game against the Saints and they have a game against Tampa Bay. Right, and Tampa Bay keeps losing, and, the, and they keeping keep losing. everybody yeah. else. I, in I think it. that the, the stunner for um, the, the thing that kind of the fly in the ointment was um, uh, they didn't have an answer for Pittsburgh's defense, and you know. Pittsburgh, who's not that good. Well, but the defense, there's some good pieces on that defense. And, if you know, look, football is a very simple game. If, if you control both lines of scrimmage. No question. Um, it doesn't matter. And, you know, they ran into a good, you know, that defensive line played really good that day. Panthers couldn't get the um, the ball, go, you know, couldn't get the ball past the line, pack, almost, you know, by the line of scrimmage. I mean, the running game was really hard to come by. So when that happens, but. You know, I the think, crazy thing is if they somehow made the playoffs and one of those four teams, Atlanta, yeah, New Orleans, yeah. Tampa Bay, or the Panthers, one of those four teams yeah. not only makes the playoffs, they get to get home, home game. game. Yeah, well, you know, it was like the 7-8-1 the and one year. Exactly. Uh, when the Panthers were set. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've been I've been very um, pleased with what I've seen from Steve Wilkes. He, he's had this team competitive, and, and it's given this team one thing that they didn't have week two, three, four, which was, you know, hope. I know that there is sentiment to hire Steve Wilkes full-time. I don't think that's going to happen if they don't make the playoffs. And I don't think it's going to happen because I think Dave Tepper is always fishing for the biggest fish. He's not just trying to provide dinner. Sure. He's trying right. to right. make a right. scene of it and take pictures of it and, and tote it around the neighborhood. Right. And I don't think Steve Wilkes is that. Well, and I, if you hire him, you're going to give him, what, a four or five yeah. or a six-year contract. And my guess is that Dave Tepper is going to want a bigger fish right. sooner than that. Right. Well, and the one thing I said is because, you know, I was, um, you know, uh, Brett and Eugene, Eugene were, you know, uh, you know, we were all talking about that. And I said, now let me just play devil's advocate here for a minute. I mean, the reason, because the, the sentiment was, you know, do it today, like just hire him, right? But to me, based on, you know, what you've said and what I've seen over the last couple of years, I mean, you know, David Tepper doesn't come across to me as someone who does things rash. I mean, there's a lot of thought. There's a lot of, you know, there's some analytics involved. There's, there's you know, there's a lot of research done. So there's a, a lot of, you know, thought that goes into this. And, and my thinking is, and I think the, 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 the qualification should be, you know, are we going to find someone who's going to do a better job? Right. So, and I think they need to do their due diligence to see if there's somebody out there that they feel can do the job better than they think Steve Wilkes. Cause I think that the kind of the, the measure of standard should be, you got to find somebody who's going to do a better job than the guy that had their job before. Speaking of doing a better job, we got to go do we our gotta, job. Yeah, we got to go broadcast the Winthrop Duquesne game. But I'm curious, do you think the Duquesne announcer would do a better job than us, seeing as how he's in his 55th year and has missed three games in all that time? Find out after the break. We're back on the Bearded Carcast from Gate B34 at Pittsburgh International Airport. Remember when this airport was so busy? It was a U.S. Airways hub. It was always congested. Those days are not here anymore. Hmm. 
Is that why? Well, but British Airways still flies here. Apparently, British Airways. Maybe they got a gate. Here. That's why they fly. Still here. surprised. We Some learned last space. night that. Uh, British Airways flies a direct flight yeah. from London to Pittsburgh. That surprised me. But I, I remember uh, when I was in college, if I was flying back to Syracuse from San Francisco, either stopped in Pittsburgh or you stopped in Philly. Philly I mean, Pittsburgh yeah. was a major base yeah. in those days. Those well, it's still are, a base. Big base, no? No. Not at all. They moved they, out. They moved out. They yeah, pulled so out. So it's not they a base. They bailed. They certainly <laughs> bailed. And and maybe that was the right decision, and maybe it wasn't. But uh yeah, they bailed. How about, um, I, I don't know if you noticed, so when we were leaving the airport yeah. yesterday, Coach Prosser was kind of glowing. Yes, He loves yes, Pittsburgh, yes, yes. and he told us that you have to look at and think about and admire the Franco Harris yeah. statue. It's something else. I mean, it's, and it's then magnificent. This morning we wake yeah. up to learn that yeah. Franco Harris passed, Yeah, and... Um, they moved the statue. Right. Well, it's f- I was coming up the escalator, and I said, "Oh boy, they moved the, the statue." And then I get to the, the the second level, the top level, and I saw that they did like a makeshift memorial, and some people had dropped off terrible towels or some yeah. flowers there. You could sign a memorial book. So I mean, he means so, so much, much to so many to people. City. Absolutely. Yeah. The immaculate reception, I believe, I read online is fifty years ago. Yeah. Coming up, right? This and he was going to have his number retired this weekend. Right. Yeah. What a shame. T- a what a shame. But, you know, shame. I, I read a lot of things today from people sharing their remembrances, and this was a common refrain. A lot of people, particularly, you know, my well, in between our age, but my age and older, uh, that said that that was that Steelers team kind of got them into sports and got them thinking about NFL and becoming fans. So it's, it's incredibly sad. And, of, of course, we wish our, uh, our condolences and our best to the family. You know who else is your age or older? The voice of Duke. No, he's a lot older. His is career <laughs> is my age, if not a little bit older. At the end of the game today, as we were Legend. finishing the post-game show, the broadcaster at Duquesne walked by us and said some nice things, just very, yeah, very gracious. Passing. Yeah. And I said, you are a legend. And you said, you don't call people legends. I'm like, if you've been doing yeah. games for 55 years, no, by God, you're uh, no. a legend. And that, well, that's why I gave more weight, because I said, well, Dave never says that about anybody. <laughs> He's missed three games three in games. 55, 55 years, years, and Duquesne has yeah. not been great for most no, of that period of no, time. No, they were good. They were great today, though. <laughs> they were great today. They led Winthrop twenty to nothing and twenty nine to two. Twenty to nothing. Twenty nine to two. And let that sink in. That was in. all she. Well, wrote. Winthrop cut it to thirteen in the second half, made it yeah, a game. I mean, they they fought hard, but it was another day where. You just didn't have your full deck of cards. And, like, yeah. I understand they're not going to have Isaiah Wilson. I understand they're not going to have Michael Anumba. And it's impossible to ask everyone to be healthy right. every day. Right. You're not going to ask right. people who are injured not to well, play. Well, no one wants to be injured, let's be but honest. Yeah. By God, I mean, two games. They've they've now played 13 games, right. the conference right. season. Well, today there was no Chase Claxton. Right. They, so they've played 13 non-conference games. Yeah. They're 5-8, and eight, and two of them. Auburn and Middle are the only two games they've played with a full deck with of cards, deck and that cards. doesn't count the guys that we already know are right. injured. Yeah, that's crazy. It's nuts. So, I mean, like, you look at the teams that they played, and Brett Redden texted us that the record was... That's well, like was 62 it? and 34. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's really insane. good. They, they've yeah. played 65 and 31 is oh, the record close. of the, the teams Winthrop has played. So they've played really good teams. They've played most of them on the road. I think if they had more health, like the game at Mercer probably would be right, a win. Right, because Chase Claxton isn't there for that game. Corey Hightower is not here KT for that game. KT got hurt KT gets hurt the game. in the second half. 
Right. So like, th there's probably one, two, maybe up to three more wins. Yeah. If you're healthy. If you have your full team. Now, I and, like. And the, but the the the, the downflow to that is uh, is you're not practicing as a full team either. Hundred percent, and you can't really hold people accountable because there's no one on the bench to bring in. Right, you can't say, so, "All right, get out for ten minutes and think about what you just did." Exactly. Or a minute, but yeah, yeah, I mean, if you commit a turnover, like right. you kind of have to continue to. Well, play. we have that same issue. We don't have a bench, and it's cost <laughs> us for years. I mean, that's why people have to keep listening to us, and that's why I mean they end up hearing about Dick that's Rickett right. seventeen yeah, times. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. There should be a cure for that by now. <laughs> So at least from our perspective, it has yeah. nothing to do with the basketball game, but Duquesne has this rich history and lots of stories yeah. to tell. And we the were Iron Dukes. To, we were able to talk about the Love Iron arena. Dukes and a lot on the Renovated air today. For the second time. And, and, you know, we had a ton of material um, at LSU and quite frankly didn't, we didn't get, get to a lot it. of it no, in we didn't get to it was such a We didn't get to such it. A we didn't even get game. to talk about Mike the Tiger today. Well, and that's it. So we have broadcast all these games some of the people listening have listened to some or watched some or seen all of the games but the things that they may not have been a part of are all the things that you and i do outside yeah. of the games and we can sit here and we can talk about each individual player and how the season has gone i i think very very generally we both believe if they are healthy, they would have more wins. Yeah. If they are healthy, they will be successful going forward. And if they are not, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. The Big South Conference is always a nice place to call, go to after two months of playing really hard games because it's facing teams yeah. your own size. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And um, this is our second airport podcast. Only second? Yeah. We did it in um, Mexico. Second this season. Second this We've season. We've done them in the airport before. Have we? Oh, yeah, we did it in, um, you're right, this season. We did it in, um, like, Harrisburg. Not Harrisburg. Last somewhere year. Somewhere last year. Yeah, somewhere last year. I remember doing it. It got interrupted by Jeffrey Lara, That's our former right. athletic That's right. trainer. That's right. That's right. Um, so the the off-the-court stuff, Mike the Tiger, let's start Mike with that. Mike the Tiger. Wow. How cool was that? So the, basically the long and short of it is Dave, Dave is kind of in charge of our extracurricular stuff. Sometimes I have... Input, but he does a lot of the legwork on it. And uh, so you got us an audience with Mike the Tiger. That's right. Mike the Tiger is the living tiger mascot of LSU. And they've had a tiger yeah. mascot for like 100, 100 years. Yeah. This is the seventh Mike the Tiger. Seventh Mike the Tiger. Uh, the, his, um, his habitat is right in between the Pete Maravich Center and the football stadium. Right. Death Valley, and, and it's like a two and a half million dollar facility. Yeah, I mean, it's and they uh, 2005 they renovated it, um, and it it has everything he needs. It has like a, a giant tree. He's got a lot of uh, some shade on on one side. He's got a little pool off to the other side, and there's I don't know every. He has a climate controlled yeah climate controlled indoor yeah so the, the uh, Randy Graham Tower. <laughs> um, it's it's climate controlled, uh, and there's there's a kind of it's kind of it's really foresighted, but. The backside, you really don't have access to. So it's really kind of a three-sided deal. And on two of the sides, you can there's there's little interactive stuff that you can read about Mike the Tiger, and um, you can um, kind of take pictures. And there's fence and, and and screens and all that. And and then we were on kind of on the the flat backside, uh, and we got inside the the perimeter. Now not fully inside the perimeter. There was another fence there. I don't want people to think that we were like running around with Mike the Tiger. Right. Uh, but he was running around for us, and um, I don't know that I, I've probably seen a tiger before live at a zoo, but uh, we actually got a really up close. I mean, I mean, literally, 
to the point where they told us, hey, listen, if he sticks his tail up and he's right by you, you might want to get out of the way because he's <laughs> about to uh, mark his territory. He didn't do that, fortunately. But uh, I was impressed at just, I mean, he's, what, 400 pounds, eats like 15 pounds of food a day. But uh, just for that size, uh, graceful, and, and he really liked the attention. Well, that's what we thought. I mean, I think he did like the attention, but really um, one of his student handlers, and this is really neat, they have two student handlers. Um, this particular gal is in, in the doctoral program, and it's a partnership, so it's like you really have to do it with somebody you like or trust and or respect because you have to work with this person for a year. Two years. To, or two years to, to take care of Mike the Tiger. And they're one, you know, So in other words, like one I has a night shift, was, one has a day shift. And, and it was really interesting yeah. because they apply in teams in tandems, of two. Right. And then they have a two-year term where more or less they clean, they feed, they look after Mike the Tiger. Now, there is a one doctor or, or vet ahead of them that kind of is the overseer and, yeah. and but the two students do a lot of the legwork yeah, what, what the, amazing feeding and making experience. sure he's got everything he needs and um yeah what a, well uh, particularly because i know we asked this question um you know does it help i mean it can't hurt right but particularly if you're uh working somewhere in the state of louisiana i mean it's i think it's cool no matter where you are if someone says and does the research and says, oh mike tiger wow and what do you what's the oh you gotta do this it's a commitment it's two years so it shows that you're uh, but my, I was just so impressed with um, just how uh, beautiful and graceful uh, he was, Mike the Tiger. I feel like I made a friend. Well, I and I, he enjoyed us. He had a good time with us. I I enjoyed. Now he may have been doing that to get fed, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other trip that we took since the trip to Mexico was the trip to Furman, and um, it was a little bizarre outside of the game because we went to a barbecue place we got there just after 11 a.m and the place I've was never full seen, well for a, from a lunch place i've never seen this it was packed at about 11 10 11 15 we get there we had to we had to well, no, we didn't it that long we had probably five minutes but there were reserved table this place was probably i don't know 300 square feet yeah. i mean the, i mean the actual seating area it wasn't big it was probably six or eight tables and there was a reserved table uh, and then we got seated probably about 11, 15, 11, 20. We were there a couple minutes. And then, you know, we ate and a great meal. I mean, the barbecue was really good. And served very Not the best quickly. I've ever had. Oh, man, it, the, that was one of the fastest services. It, it might not have been the best barbecue you've, you've ever had, and that's completely But reasonable. it was quick. It's very subjective. It, the amount of food Oh, that was, was a ton of food. Unbelievable. Ton, ton, ton of food. But what what I think we, we saw was strange was, except for the guy at the bus stop who kept, like, staring uh, – Staring at us, and I was, it was making me uncomfortable until he finally got on a bus. But um, uh, what's weird though about this thing, not besides that, is that we get ready to, or and you know, our buddy John Gobbold was with us, and he was very gracious to pick up the check as we're getting ready to leave. The place was empty. Right. At now there might have been like one other table. Right. At like what you would think was lunchtime. And this, you know, we were still. Uh, I mean, for those of you that don't know Greenville, South Carolina, you can you can imagine it is still in the Eastern Time Zone. So it wasn't like there was a clock issue. Maybe people just eat early in Greenville. I don't, I don't know. know. Or or maybe they felt like if you didn't get early to that place, you, maybe they were Or maybe go. we just timed it right. Like maybe right. 10 more minutes and it's packed again. Totally. And then we went to Traveler's Rest. Traveler's Rest. And we what got a great little bird. Ice cream. Yeah. And Pink Mama. Very unique. Yeah. Well, so she was a teacher in Michigan for about 30 years, special needs teacher. And she and her husband, I guess, had always wanted to come south and kind of start their own business. So she um, started making her own ice cream. 
So I think if I remember correctly, David started with a food truck and then they got the location they're in now. And now they have like three locations and the food truck. And uh, now this time of year, they only do about two to three um, originals. Uh, they have like Hershey's ice cream that kind of fills out the, the rest of the uh, taste if people want, you know, like a mint chocolate chip. But uh, she had the very unique, creative ice creams. And the day we went in, there was like a Christmas show. So it was just kind of happenstance. Traveler's Rest was happening. It was happening. It was busy. It was a long line. It took us a little while to get there. But, um, you know, maybe, like, you know, it probably should have taken 30 seconds. It took about 5, 10, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But so the three types yeah. that they had were pecan cheesecake. Right. I don't think either of us We did got not get that, no. That. Um, and then the pink mother load. I got that. I was that I got was the, the pink signature pink yeah. vanilla almond ice cream loaded yeah. with mini chocolate chips, Oreo cookies, and chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, delicious. And it was bright pink. Bright pink. And this woman, she had bright. Well, she used to have bright pink hair right. and a mohawk. She was kind of in between hairstyles, I think. Right. And then I had the lavender white chocolate, which is. A white chocolate ice cream infused with real lavender, blended with white chocolate chips, mm. floral and creamy. And don't you forgot a key ingredient? They make their own cones. Yeah, that is a key ingredient. And, they're bright and pink. they're bright pink. And they're waffle. And they're cones. waffle cones. Yeah. And uh, I think she said didn't they, they served over like a hundred thousand servings of ice cream or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, amazing. Uh, you know, and obviously in the summertime they they, they kind of probably load up more on the original stuff. But uh, fascinating. She was what a wonderful story. Uh, I don't think I'd ever been at Traveler's Rest before. I had never what been to Traveler's Rest. What a little really downtown. Kitchen, yeah, really nice little downtown, a lot of little shops. Uh, and a path that you could take. You could right. bike or walk or run to downtown Greenville. Sure. Well, if you've ever listened to the Bearded Carcast, you know that uh, you know there are certain places throughout the country where the railroad was instrumental in, in opening up these little towns uh, for goods and services, you know, maybe uh, a gift for a date or something like that, or, you know, a box of chocolates or something from London. Well... This trail that they have, which probably was a former railroad at one point, a rail line, uh, it is credited with really opening up Traveler's Rest and brought a lot more uh, foot traffic through town. So a lot of little uh, entrepreneurial-type businesses, small shops, restaurants. George Hincapie, and George Hincapie a professional yeah. cyclist, owns kind of a boutique uh, hotel yeah. in the Would area. Would you say it's like a bed and breakfast? or Something along those yeah. lines. So that was sort of interesting. Yeah. Apparently, Lance Armstrong has been has, in has town been there, several yeah. times. Yeah. And we have, too. The Bearded Carcast And the there. Bearded Carcast yeah. has been there. I would go back there. And it's just on the outskirts of Greenville. So it's not like uh, if, you're in, um, if you're in that area, it's not like you're going an extra two hours. I mean, it's Now to like segue that. back yeah. to Duquesne. Let's get back. Where we are and by the way, we're at uh, Terminal uh, B at Gate 34. That's right. On the Bearded Carcast. Um, so... We arrived at the facility today, the arena, and there was a women's basketball right. game going on. Oh, this on. is great. It was uh, Howard versus right. Duquesne right. women's basketball. Right, right. And it was, I wouldn't say they were getting burgered, but it was getting close. It wasn't a particularly close game. No, it wasn't close a close game. game. Howard was down maybe 15 or 20, yeah. something like that. Right. And we had set up. Well, we kind of struck immediately by what we saw. Well, we set up the radio equipment last night, and we yeah. tested everything. Up. Right. We were kind of at the end of the press right. table across yeah. from the benches. Right. And, right. Our and, we, and we walked in on that side. So when we walked in, it was the, the fan seating, which was, you know, uh, regular chairs up on the court and then the table. Right. Yeah. And often if we're next to the bench yeah. and the mic is also right next to the bench, right. you can hear rather clearly yes. what some of the coaches right. or the players have to say. Yeah. Well, when you sit around fans, yeah. 
Uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get. You can be sure yeah. what you're going to get. And there was a gentleman. Yeah. This was... Um, Younger guy, probably in his mid-20s, early 30s. Probably 12, 30, 12, Yeah, it's about 12, 40, no, no, about 12, quarter. Yeah, close okay. To, it was about, Noonish. Yeah, well, it was later than that. I mean, it was between... I think it was between 12, 30 and 1. Okay. And... This guy is watching the women's basketball game. Right. He's wearing a pirate's hat. Yeah. He had like a red plaid, almost like a um, fl- uh, flannel type shirt on. Sunglasses. Sunglasses. And, and he, like red pants. Right. Pretty in shape. Pretty yeah, fit yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he seems to know all of the women's right. basketball players in Duquesne. Well, but what, 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 what caught my eye first was, was the... Because my position is on the very end of this table. You sit to the right of me, and to, right, we're at the right, right side right, of the table. Right, so you had the last right. seat of and the And so table. we're walking in, and I see this guy reach over and put down a can of Bud Light on the table. <laughs> uh, I believe a 20 ounce. No, it was like a Paul Boy. It was like yeah. a 16 or a 20 ounce. <laughs> to which I, you know, we walked a little further. I turned to David and go, this guy's living his best life. <laughs> I mean... He was loving, loving life, he, and he, he was like into it. I'm like, he knew all the players, knew and, all the yeah. players, and he shouted. You should have, you know what? I'm mad at you now because I told you this twice and you ignore. You should have recorded it. That would have been good to have to play back. Yeah, and then he asked you a question. Well, he he, it was really funny because he turns to me and he goes, uh, "You guys doing the men's game too?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no, we are we are doing the men's game." He was like, "Yeah." Because there's, there's never, I see that for the men's games, but there's never really this microphone here for the women's games. <laughs> I said, well, dude, we're not calling the game. <laughs> we're getting ready for the men's game here. So you feel free to, you know, t- speak away. But I have no doubt that if we had been on the air, he would have spoke. I mean, he oh wasn't my God, changing that his behavior. Beautiful. No, no, no. And I, we wouldn't have wanted him to. I loved him. Yeah, he was great. He, he Living got, his best life. He got to this women's basketball game, 11 a.m. game. He probably settled in at 1030. Yeah. Got himself yeah. a tall boy. I mean, day drinking at a at a women's basketball game in the middle of the day during the holidays. I mean, that good, is good that you, is man. the holiday spirit, right? He's a real there. American hero. Absolutely. Wasn't that the old Budweiser? <laughs> real American hero. We talk guy real- drinking Bud Light at a women's basketball game. <laughs> We talked briefly about your singing both before the game and right, on right. the. Right. Well, air the reason today. why I talk and don't sing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to go. we got to catch a flight. Uh, happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Uh, continued support. It is listener-supported. Bearded Carcast, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. And uh, anything you want to say before we shut it off, Dave? What more can you add What else that? can you add? All right, happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening.